Hello there, and you're very welcome to Mindset on You with me, Audrey Fitzgerald. Remember, every Tuesday night, we uh, drop out a podcast and you can listen to it anywhere you want, on your way to work or anything. And I just want to say thank you very much for downloading this podcast. You can find it on Buzzsprout, and I put it on Instagram, on Facebook, on all the social medias. I put it on LinkedIn as well. So if you like what you hear, tell people about it, let them know, and um, thanks very much. Okay, so you are very welcome to episode number seven of Mindset on You with me, Audrey Fitzgerald, and I am joined in the studio, which I'm very happy to say, by Mr. John Sello. John, how the hell are you, sir? Doing great. So, John, you're not your average, just normal guy on the street. You, uh, you, you've had an interesting kind of life. I, 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 I want to say upbringing or life, but life. You've kind of, you've, you've kind of done it all. Yeah, I've, I've had several different jobs. Um, people say I just can't hold a job, but you know, <laughs> when, when it stops being interesting, I move on to something else. So. Yeah. So. Um, now, before we go into it, we'll just tell everybody that you have your own podcast. It's the Pirate Talks Guns. Do you want to give us a quick little synopsis as to what a Pirate Talks Guns is all about? And don't say guns. <laughs> yeah, as the name implies, guns. No, um, I started doing that uh, primarily to be an instructional source, uh, let people know different things. I've hit concealed carry, sporting uses of firearms, things yeah. of that nature. Um, just to share a little knowledge and maybe make people a little little more comfortable around them. Do you find people do you find people are uncomfortable about the whole gun subject? Um, the new shooters, yeah, you know it, it's it's a scary piece of metal that they've heard nothing good about. But once uh, once they get into it, uh, I've had a few that really got into it that started shooting. Um, you know, as you know, IDPA, Steel mm-hmm. Challenge, and all that, just yeah. because they like shooting guns now. And, like, like you've had people come, you say, new shooters, but have you had anybody that comes and said, I, I don't really know why I'm here, I'm terrified of guns, I'm kind of... Has anybody ever done that to you? Has anybody ever kind of been terrified of a gun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they've they've come to me just to learn it, just just to get over that fear. Um, I had a couple uh, that uh, were were actually very anti-gun. Okay. But they came for an individual lesson and just just fell in love with the thing. Um, they called me about three weeks afterwards. They went and got their, bought their own gun and. Okay. Oh, they bought. Oh, they bought one between. The, all right. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So you bring you you bring everybody from complete novices up to people that have been shooting quite a while and, and want to get their concealed carry permits and all that kind of stuff and 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 you teach them all of that because you have the the tactical pirate is is your your business your yes. company yep. um so you teach concealed carry um you teach the class concealed carry class do you do one-on-one stuff if somebody just wants to get like to get used to a gun yeah through through the range we're set up where uh for a hundred dollars you get a two-hour individual lesson Okay, okay. So you'll take all the the stigma out of it, or you'll take all the you'll help them realize that it's well, it's a tool, right? And you'll help them realize that 
it's not this scary thing that sits in the corner and is going to bite you. No, it's it's a tool. If uh, I always use the, the example when I'm teaching a class, when my wife and I first got married, apparently because I'm a guy, she figured I needed these massive power tools. <laughs> okay. So the first thing she got me was a compound miter saw, and I was scared to death of the thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, I didn't even turn it on for the first year I had it. And um, finally got to talking to people that, that knew how to use them, you yeah. know, and they explained how to do it and all that. Yeah. And uh, I started using it, and I, you know, I'm still not 100% comfortable because I won't <laughs> use it unless Leslie's home, my wife. Yeah. So in case I do hurt myself, because I can't dial my phone with wet fingers, so blood's yeah, going to make it yeah, worse, you yeah. know. Well, I mean, you could always have 9-1 put into it, and then <laughs> you just press the extra one, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and I can understand where people will come out of. I, I can understand that people will be nervous about the, about new things. Um, so that's that's currently what you're at. But before that, you were. Am I right in saying that you were in the uh, army? Army National Guard, yeah. Army National Guard. And before that, you were a cop. Well, actually, before that, I was in uh, IT. Okay. Uh, prior to that, I was in law enforcement. Apparently, that's a logical. Tr- transgression now or uh, so i've heard yeah. <laughs> you know you start off in the army or the no you were the air force air force first? yeah air force then you go to be a cop then you go into it yeah well actually there was firefighter paramedic <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I, i'm noticing something here john <laughs> you know it's kind of like me i started out at life as a tool maker and then i went on to do a little bit of paramedic for a while and then i went back into tool making and now I'm doing podcasts. That's that's a little progression. <laughs> missed missed out on the, the flying. You did, I missed you know? Well, I did. I did a lot of flying, but flying was it was never it was it was it, it would have been something that I really wanted to like. I obviously got into it big time, but and I tried to make it my professional career, but we had the big crash then of not not a, not an aviation crash. <laughs> we had the big crash of twenty two thousand and eight, and that's when everything the, the yeah. Yeah, the anchors got thrown out on everything. But I, I tell you, what I do want to talk to you about, and I think it's very interesting, is your career in law enforcement in the police departments. Because uh, I know you've told me a couple of stories of some of the police work that you've done. And the one that really sticks out is that you were an undercover cop for a while. Yep, yep. Good bit. You, you got to tell us something about that. That's because that's like the stuff of movies. That's kind of like you watch the two guys and one of them's dressed up like a drag queen. And, you know, it's kind of like, please tell now, I, anybody's not like familiar with John. John, tall guy. He's like, what, you're 6'2", 6'3". 6'2", yeah. And, you know, built like a brick shit house, And, you know, you can't you can just imagine him putting on a cocktail dress and heading <laughs> out to a party, you know, undercover and his beard left on him. But go on, tell us a little bit about, tell us the difference between <laughs> the movie Undercover Cop and what a real Undercover Cop does. Oh, huge, huge difference. Um, the, the agency I was with was a, a 75-man department, municipal department, city department in North Carolina. And I started off in the patrol division. Um, I was in patrol for about seven months, and uh, the captain of patrol because I could write a report that, that he could understand, um, <laughs> decided that, you know, I, I needed to be off the streets, so he moved me to Vice Narcotics. And, you know, I thought, wow, this is going to be cool. You know, I can't wait to get my Ferrari. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> in case anybody's wondering, the whole Ferrari thing is, what was it, Miami Vice? Miami Vice, yeah. 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 Crockett and Tubbs. I thought those were training films, but apparently I was mistaken. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I went into Vice Narcotics and worked that for about three months. And my partner and I uh, wrote a, a grant application for a federal grant. Yeah. And it got approved, uh, you know, much to my chagrin. But uh, we ended up with uh, two sheriff's departments, three municipal police departments, and a few of the letter agencies, ATF and yeah. FBI, uh, DEA, and uh, got set up in a, a house. You know, we never went near the police station then. We, okay. we just operated out of this house. Okay. And we all looked like crap. I mean, you know, long hair and... <laughs> grungy looking clothes and all that so the reason i'm giggling now is see john is follically challenged now you see i, I mean i'm i'm well on my way to doing the same thing but john is completely follically challenged that's hairless for anybody that's wandering out there but yeah just i can just imagining you with long hair and hey man you know i i got this stuff for sale man yeah. <laughs> but yeah. is that, was that what it was was that yeah it was uh you know um long hair and all that and then uh it got to the point where it's like anything else with, with dope, you just follow the money. Yeah. And uh, I, I started getting loaned out to agencies all over North Carolina. Yeah. So I'd, you know, be gone for anywhere from a week to six months at a time, living someplace and buying dope and, you know, and uh, yeah, when I started, it was, oh, man, I get, I'm get i going to wear, you know, I know exactly what pastel-colored T-shirt I'm going to wear under my sport coat. And, when when know. was this? What, what kind of... This was back in, uh, it was... 70s? Eight, no, it was uh, actually 88 to 92 is when I worked Vice Narcotics. Okay, okay. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Miami Vice was still popular. Yeah. It was, like I said, I thought it was a training film. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, well, what do we do for undercover vehicles? Well... We got to drive, if if we made a seizure yeah. and got awarded something, you know, for instance, if we seized a vehicle, uh, if there was any money owed on it, we yeah. had to sell it at auction and then pay off the vehicle and anything left, we got to use for buy money, equipment, things of that nature. Gotcha. Uh, if the car was free and clear, we got to keep it. Oh, okay, and okay. either sell it at auction and then the money from that went to the school board or you know we could use it yeah. as an undercover vehicle so yeah because like, you, you don't care what happens that then right? i mean if it yeah. gets shot up you don't you, yeah exactly you, you don't know? give a shit like if and it, it, uh, if it, it blends in because it's a doper's car you know yeah well you know i didn't get a ferrari i got a lime green toyota pickup truck i mean it was the most hideous this, thing this, on wheels no there's nothing wrong with toyota pickup trucks but, I happen to have a beat-up one in the front yard. <laughs> and, and I get that, but lime green, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was like, this is your vehicle. And it was like, I quit. I want to go back to patrol. And they're like, no, you can't. No, so, you're here um, now. Yeah, I ran that truck for four years. Four years. My partner got a BMW, Ooh, nice. mind you. But, yeah. I, you know, I get the truck. But uh, and, and it actually worked out well because most of the stuff I did, um, for instance, I worked in a T-shirt factory for about a month and a half oh that was your kind of cover was it yeah well ah, okay the t-shirt factory got a hold of local law enforcement and said hey our plants eat up with dope can you do something about it yeah and they said sure you yeah. know we'll get some chucklehead in from someplace else and make him do this you know yeah so uh i was living in public housing <laughs> which was, was just a treat you know yeah. and uh 
I had to work an eight-hour shift. Uh, the paychecks I got went right back to the company because, oh, you know, I wasn't no. allowed to keep the money for yeah. that. But, uh, and a t-shirt factory is no joke. I no. mean, I, I spent eight hours pulling heavy, wet fabric out of one machine and stuffing it in another one. And uh, on breaks, getting up with the dopers and talking to them. And All right. So, so you were, when you were working in the factory, it, you were trying to just convince them that you were just a normal Joe yeah. Soap and working and... Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm working here. I'm living in public housing. Look at this crappy truck I'm driving. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was great, you know. But uh, it took me about two, three weeks to really get in with them. Yeah. And then uh, started hanging out with them. You know, so it was like a 24-hour job. Yeah. And uh, any time I bought anything, um, I had to get up with one of the agencies that was controlling it and turn the stuff over to them. You know, so it was some yeah. long hours, man. Yeah, I'd say it uh, was. You know, you just, you buy and you work your way up the ladder, yeah. you know. Hey, I want more, you know. Well, I can't give you more. Well, you know, turn me on to who, who you're yeah. getting from, so. Um, what, what were you buying? Was it like, was it marijuana? Oh, uh, this... whatever I could get my hands on, you know. Just narcotics. Um, yeah, it was It was primarily powder cocaine at the time. Um, right. A little bit of crack. Uh, that was pretty much it. We hadn't, hadn't really had the surge in heroin meth anything like that at the time yeah but uh you know you just work your way up the ladder and when it gets to the point where you can't go any higher um is they, is that when you kind of you pounce then or is <laughs> well when when you can't go up any higher um you just end the operation you know hey i quit I, and i quit in a grand fashion that day. I, this sucks i quit you know and stormed out you oh, know, yeah, oh yeah, yeah all right yeah, you, you know. quit the t-shirt company <laughs> yeah okay and then uh Every buy you make, you know, I had to record that, write it, write all the particulars down, yeah, and yeah, I just, yeah. you know, and uh, they'd issue a warrant on each one of these. So at the end of the operation, you know, okay. we had a stack of warrants. There was like 120 warrants out of this particular operation, right. and they just turned that over to patrol division. And patrol goes out, and they find these idiots and arrest them. So you never break cover. Oh, yeah, you do, because... Oh. Then I'd be sitting in the station because every one of these guys that came in, I had to identify and say, yeah, that's the guy. Ah, you know? okay. So I'm sitting there in a police station. I got a cup of coffee. I'm happy. I'm talking to cops. I got my badge hanging around my neck, you yeah, know. Yeah, And it's surprising how many of them come in. Naturally, the majority of them are pissed, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and threaten me. And it's like, bring it. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm, sorry, but, I'm in a police station. Yeah. I'm a cop. But uh, You're, you, there, just, you just messed up. You, you get a few of them that like, oh, man, they got you too? Yeah, yeah. They got me too. You yes. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> Holding up your badge. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's, that is crazy. Because, like, I mean, we're used to seeing the Hollywood one where, you know, like they they organize it with the boss man and there's an articulated lorry, uh, like a 40-foot truck, a semi, and you open up the back of it and it's full of drugs and Chinese immigrants and all that kind of stuff. And then like cops are everywhere and it's like, freeze, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, but it's, it's not like that at all, is it? Um, it, it depends. If, if you work your way up high enough yeah. um, and, and really get a big, big buy you know that's yeah. when you got you know the SWAT team all over the place where you're gonna meet and, mm -hmm. um you know you have another cop that uh just just a nasty looking guy in civilian clothes with a, a carbine and yeah. you know he's he's your protection and um 
yeah, you know, they, they show up with, uh, right. I think the, the biggest thing we got one time was uh, a 33 kilo deal of cocaine. Uh, usually, though, when you arrest these idiots, we turn them over to the, one of the federal agencies. And oh, they, like the they'd FBI. flip them, yeah, okay, you know, and then start working yeah. higher up the ladder. So, okay, but I got, yeah, I got to work in a T-shirt factory. I made garage doors for for a while. Yeah, um, yeah, made garage doors. Yeah, so was, what? What are we? What would the likeliness be that you, somebody, a normal person, could be working in a factory, and there could be an undercover cop working in the factory standing right beside you? Yeah, it's and if they're any good at it, you'd never know. You'd never, never have, know. you'd never yeah. have a clue. Yeah, and they'll bitch and moan like normal person would. Oh, oh I hate yeah. these hours, man. Yeah, well, you're doing the job, you know. Yeah. So it's so it's you probably legitimate. Have, you've got more reason to bitch and moan because <laughs> you're in this place doing shit work, yep. and you're not getting, you're not even getting paid to do. Well, you're getting paid by by the agency. Yeah, but yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy, and it it it, it obviously it obviously still is still in effect like people oh, yeah. are still yeah but there's there's a lot of different reasons to use undercovers you know not it's not everybody thinks it's just drugs it's not just drugs right. it's it's pretty much any uh human trafficking uh, uh forgery anything like that you know okay. you get someone in work your way up yeah um the biker gangs nowadays uh you know they're they're primarily the the logistics chain for methamphetamines in the country. So, right. And it's, it's, you know, we've had, or law enforcement has had people in the bike gang since the way back when in the hell's angels, they started right. putting them in. So that's crazy. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's nothing like the movie. I never got to go to a strip club, you know, um, <laughs> well, not on the government dime anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't get to go to these real cool clubs. You know, yeah, I got to yeah. hang out in bars and all that. Yeah. And uh, one of the funnier stories is that um, my lime green Toyota pickup, yep. I mean, the thing was full of uh, paraphernalia inside the truck. I had scales and, you know. All right, okay. Uh, all that stuff. Too. Yeah, because you, you had to act like a drug dealer. Yeah. But uh, I, I was going to a bar one night. I'd, I'd worked that bar four or five times, and I, I knew there was stuff in there, yeah. you know. But nobody had talked to me. You know, so it's like, cool. You know, I go in there, have a couple of beers. And, yeah. And uh, one night I, I was looking for a place to park and I got pulled over by a, a, one of the, the city patrol cars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they they got me out of the car and um, I got a little ignorant with them. So they get a little, they didn't know who I was. Yeah. You know, and uh, they ended up stretching me out on the hood, searching me, searching the truck and all that, you know. Yeah, because. You, you've nothing on you. You don't have anything on you saying that you were law enforcement. No, no, uh-uh. You don't, you don't have a badge. You don't have your ID in your sock or anything like yeah. that. And, uh, yeah, they messed with me. I was, we were out there for about 45 minutes. And, you know, the crowd from the, the bar was watching and yeah. all that. I went in there and I made a buy that night. And I was golden after that. Because so. they were, yeah, they just said, oh, he's just one of us. And he just got. Yeah, yeah. They did me a hell of a favor, you know. Now, do you think that cop ever knew? Do you think he ever found out? Probably not. Well, um, he he found out uh, oh, okay. when we when we ended the operation and we started handing out the the, the goodies, the warrants. Yeah, yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, "Oh man!" I said, "No, man, you did me the biggest favor you could think of, you know." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you like you had to take a fall, and that was kind of yeah. That is crazy. Yep. 
I was going back to the station one night after making a deal. I had a um, quarter ounce of Coke, and I got stopped by a state trooper who had no idea what's going yeah. on, you know? Yeah. And uh, things started to, to really get ugly. It's like, dude, I'm a cop. You know, yeah, I bet you are, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting in the back of a, a state trooper's cruiser, yeah. cuffed, you know? Yeah. Now, whenever I was in a bar or something like that, um, I had uh, a, a unit or two outside, you know, plain clothes, unmarked and all that. Okay. Um, not that they do me any good because I wasn't wired or anything. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they saw me get pulled over and they just pulled over and watched. You know, they thought it was funny. <laughs> So these are your buddies, of course, yeah. Yeah, my course. friends. The guys you, know. that you, you work with, yeah. So they, they eventually kept walking up. No, nah, man, he's with us. He's real. He's a cop. You know, the, the trooper's like, I'm sorry, man. No, don't apologize to me. <laughs> I just think it's funny that they let it play out. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I'd have done the same thing. Just, yeah, I think, I think you would. I think, But I think stuff like that, I think you need to have that kind of camaraderie, kind of shitting with each other and... and I, I think it kind of builds a trust with each other as well that you know like they're going to let shit happen but at the same time they got your back when oh, it yeah. needs to be. And yeah, that's yeah, that is crazy. But have you ever like was there ever any situation where you were scared where you were a little bit kind of like this could turn really bad? Oh yeah, um <clears throat> you know when you're working undercover and you're hanging out with these people you're going into their homes and all that. Yeah. And it's like I said you're not wired up or anything. And something like that, there's no no backup unit out there, so you're you're on your own. And uh, a lot of guns, you know, when you're dealing with drugs, there's yeah. a lot of guns. So uh, yeah, you know, there are a few times where, and you know, you're expected to have one on you. Yeah. So so you yeah you had one on you. Oh yeah, yeah. Usually a couple of them. Okay. So. But uh, yeah, there, you know, there were times where um, I had one guy pull a gun out from uh, the couch cushion holding it in his hand he says uh we don't know you <clears throat> I said, well keep holding that gun you ain't gonna get a chance to know me you know <laughs> i'll leave he says, no no you're cool man you're cool it's all right okay uh, okay put the gun away you know i'm just kind of like this is just <laughs> this is crazy i mean so like you, you've had a gun pulled on you obviously you know from oh, yeah. pulled it out and yeah, uh, this is yeah, this is and like, and you you obviously couldn't tell anybody. Like there was never there was never like you'd never make friends with somebody. We'll we'll we'll, we'll say to the t shirt factory where someone would be like, oh, is this really what you do? Or I mean, you could never say anything. Oh no, to anybody. no, you got your you're in character the entire time, um, and especially if you're going deep where you're you know you're living yeah. you know like. I've lived in some really horrible places yeah. and just lavish appointments too. You know, I didn't have a sailboat with a pet alligator yeah, and all yeah, this crap. Yeah. I had like a change lounge for a bed and you know, that's pretty much it, you know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, yeah least... you gotta, you gotta, you know, you can't have more than what you'd be able to afford. If you were on that kind of job salary. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Cause it aroused suspicion, whatever. Yeah. And was there ever was there ever a time when you were just sitting somewhere and you were working in one of the shitty jobs and you were like, you were surrounded by scumbags and you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> this is just I I have I have an education. I have like this. Why am I doing this? 
Did that ever did that ever happen in your brain? Did it ever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you ask yourself, how did I get here? You know, why why am I doing this? You know, but yeah, um, you know, it works out. And and you talk about education. That's another thing. You have to watch how you talk. You have to watch. You know how much you know how to do something. Yeah. Because you have to fit in. And when you, you say know, how so, how much you know how to do something, like what are you on about there? Um, you know if. Is it's something that'll spook somebody if you're too good at doing something? Yeah, exactly. If if you knew too much, you know, like if you're out there uh, at a smoke break and an airplane flies over, and you know, one one yeah. of the guys, well, how do they do that? You can't tell them. You know, <laughs> well, it's simple, you idiots. Physics. You yeah, know? it's called the lift effect, <laughs> dumbass. Yeah, um, and just just the words you use, okay. you know, you, you can't. You got to dumb it down. Yeah, yeah, you have to. It's like when you first start there, it's like any place else. When you first start someplace, nobody really, you know, gets real verbose and starts talking to, uh, to everybody. Yeah. You, you just kind of sit back and watch and see how things go. Yeah. And, you know, you find your way. And the, the first the first couple days, that's what you're doing is you're listening to vernacular of the area, you know, um, different education levels, and, and you're molding yourself to that. Yeah. And, and then it takes you... A few days to break out of that once you're done with the operation I'd you know say it does you're you know you're you're still you're still in character yeah um you know you're uh you're a cop but if a patrol car gets behind you you, you tense up yeah you know it's like wait a minute <laughs> yeah, yeah why, why am i getting nervous i'm a, I'm a cop yeah but that's, it's, that's that's jimmy in the patrol car behind me like <laughs> I, I know that guy yeah and do you have when you when you're like so you're finished in one job and you're moving on to the next one. Do you change your backstories? No, uh, uh-uh. it's uh, it's it's always better to to keep it the same because the more you have to remember, the harder it is. You know. Gotcha. So uh, there there was a guy in high school. I'm not going to mention his name that I hated. Yeah, hated. And you so were, I always you used were his him. name. That was his name. <laughs> that was my that was my name. And uh, you know and. There's no way to to hide. Like I said, I was in North Carolina, so I didn't speak like them. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was from Chicago. Yeah. That worked in, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, you know, I had to come down here because it was just getting too hot up there for me. You know, um, every time I turned around, they were on my ass about something. So just, come down here, you know. You let, yeah. I suppose nobody's going to ask any questions. I mean, you would, you would get... I'd say it's a lot harder now. I mean, if you came up and you said, hey, how you doing? My name is Jimmy McGee and I moved over from Ireland. There was too much heat on me and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they could look on Facebook. They could look on this and like, Jimmy, no, no, no Jimmy McGee here. And it's like, I mean, was that a kind of a... that? I, I don't think they had that problem back in the no, late 80s. No, no, uh-uh. It was... It was wasn't like now where you just hop, you know, hop on the internet and pull yeah. up something, you know. Um, so, and, and really, they weren't that interested in it, you know. They didn't care. Um, was, you know, they watched what you did, where you were, who you talked to, stuff like that. I got gotcha. you. Um, and the, one of the problems about dumbing things down is as you moved up the chain, um, you know, when, when you got to the, the higher level ones, they didn't want to talk to you. Yeah, you're you know, not, you like, weren't worth talking to. You know, yeah, it's like, you know, I know you don't have the money for this, you know, who, who do you represent, you know, you're, you're not smart enough to do this. So that's when you bring in, 
you know a um, bigger guy yeah so you you kind of had you had a, yeah, I mean you had your character but then your partner or whatever had another character yeah. where he was a higher up and dressed better or yeah. better vocabulary or yeah. ah okay okay you just make okay. the introduction and then they take it from there and usually when I hit that level that's time to bring the feds in because they had the resources for yeah. that you know they had the buy money and the, all the cool tools and all that yeah. happy stuff so okay and what you know the way like I, again I'm going to harken back to films because that's all that's all <laughs> us civilians know about shit like this you know I don't want to say X Files but you know you've that's the, the only interaction that a normal law law abiding citizen will ever have with FBI agents is what you see on the films like are they kind of you know this kind of thing uh, we at the FBI don't have a sense of humor <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Are they like that? Like, are, are, are agents that you've known? I mean, obviously, they're doing their job and they're doing whatever, but how would you describe a Fed? How would you, like... It, it depends on the agency. Um, we had uh, four federal agencies involved with the task force. We had the FBI, ATF, DEA, and the IRS. Okay. You want to know who scares me on federal agencies? The IRS. They're the ones you don't want to mess with. Oh, yeah, no, no. You don't, you don't, <laughs> they will ruin yeah. your life, you know? In the, but, uh, in the five years I've been here, like, I'm actually five, I'm nearly exactly five years next week, I think it is. But in the five years I've been here, everybody says that to me. Don't mess with the IRS. Like, everything, just declare everything, tell them everything, and you'll be fine. Yep. It's just like, yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's, but what would they have to, what would they have to do with drug busts and kind of, that kind of stuff? Asset seizures. Asset seizures. Uh, um. You know, this, this is how they got Capone. <laughs> yeah, what did, but, they, uh, what did they get him on? Tax evasion. So all of the, the badass stuff that he did, like, like nobody really knows how many people he killed, and nobody knows how much money he stashed away and yep. stole and robbed and done, all, and they got him on tax evasion. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, that was, that was one of the many fun things I had to do while I was working a campaign. You get into somebody... And then you have to uh, do an asset search for it. Yeah. So you identify any real property, anything we could seize, uh, any any real property, uh, vehicles, you know, um, because the only way to hurt them is hit them in the pocketbook. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the IRS, you know, with us, um, when we'd make a case, we'd have to bring it to court, and we had to show that, yeah, you know, these are the... Um, the fruits of, of an illegal operation yeah. and the court would determine whether or not it got awarded to us, you know, a long procedure and all that. They still had, you know, it was seized. They couldn't get to it, but we couldn't either. Gotcha. With the IRS, you know, if we had, and we did it a couple times, the guys that, they were good. Some some of the upper level were good, and we just couldn't make a case out. That was the, the upper level criminals. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Turn them over to the IRS. If you could show where... They spent a dollar more over the course of the year than they claimed they made. The IRS would come and just lock, take everything, lock everything. And with the IRS, it's like, prove you can get it back, you know? So to just seize everything. <laughs> yeah. So I, the IRS guys were the ones that scared me. Um, the ones that actually helped us the most was actually ATF. 
That's what's alcohol, Al- alcohol tobacco. Well, now it's ATFE, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives. But back then it was just alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Yeah. But because, you know, all the, the drug crimes involved guns, mm-hmm. they were in so on it. And they had all the toys. I mean, you know, all the neat surveillance airplanes and anything we needed. You guys need anything? We got it for you. Okay. And, and I can't remember his name, but one of the... The ATF agents that I loved working with was a huge guy. He was actually a, a former Seattle Seahawk oh, football wow. player. Okay. And uh, oh, he nothing this guy loved more than kicking a door in, you know. And he was he was just awesome. So, um, as far as making cases, IRS. As far as really helping out, ATF. Yeah. DEA. DEA what, what is DEA? What is the Drug Enforcement Agency? Okay. They didn't want to talk to you unless, you know, well, you got like, you know, uh, a tractor trailer load of a Coke coming in. Yeah. Well, no. Well, you, you guys handle it. You know? Okay. And FBI, I've never really had a, a real high opinion of FBI right. agents. I really haven't. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some good ones out there somewhere. I don't yeah. know where. But uh, well, I've, I've, met, I've met two retired FBI agents. They're actually married to each other. And some of the stories that they've told me is like, okay, you know, it's, and it is a completely different world. And I mean, no more than you, they've had so much to deal with. And it's just kind of like, seriously, why, 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 why do you, why are you doing this? What's, what's, but yeah, so you were saying that the FBI were interested. Yeah, they, uh, you know, in, in North Carolina, the state agency is the um sbi the ncsbi north carolina state bureau of investigation okay so we had the fbi and the sbi right and we referred to them as the first bunch of idiots and the second bunch of idiots <laughs> and um, we do not condone it <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh the sbi pretty much all we used them for was the lab you know they were the ones that you know yeah this is cocaine yeah, yeah. this is you know um the fbi they were the, uh, you know, stand back boys will handle this press kind of thing, yeah. you know. Um, if it was something where they were going to get in front of the cameras, they were all over it. Other than that, really never did anything for right, us. So. okay. Well, yeah. I mean, different, different, yeah. But, I mean, that's. I think that's the same with everything. I mean, I've worked in companies where one group of people, like, they claim to be superpowers and all that kind of stuff and you're just like they don't they don't do shit they, they don't do we, we do it all we're doing it's like when i was working on the floor like i am i'm an engineer but for a long a lot of my time i didn't work as an engineer i was maintenance guy or i was robotics guy or doing something and the first thing when something goes wrong you just go fucking engineers you know <laughs> you start blaming them yep and i think i think that's i think that's synonymous with every Every job, I think. I mean, I, and I know the engineers in different, like I, I, where I'm working now, I'm an engineer. But where, like different places, like places I've worked, the engineers would be going, oh, them guys on the floor, you know, they're idiots. And I'd say it was the same with guys in the FBI. Oh, them undercover guys, they're, what do they know? They don't yeah. know a shit. Like, you know? It's it's the same in the, the, the police departments too, you know. It's yeah. like the investigators are like, yeah, the uniforms screwed this crime scene all up. And the, <laughs> and the uniforms are like, yeah, them guys in suits, they're nothing but a pain in my ass, you know. And, and undercovers, it's like, they don't know what to do with them, yeah. you know. Yeah. Shine them on. You know? But is, like, was there... Like was there was there people in the force that didn't even know that there was an undercover team? Like just say like um, Chicago, Chicago, the police department. 
would there be people within the police department that haven't a clue that there is so many undercover? Oh yeah, you get you get to bigger departments like that, and you know nobody knows everybody. Yeah. Um. You you might know everybody that works your division. Yeah. You know your uh, your bailiwick whatever, but um. Yeah, they're not going to be able to you know every, yeah. identify every undercover. There were two of us, you know, working vice narcotics in my agency, mm-hmm. and. Everybody knew us, yeah, you know, because, yeah, yeah. you know, started off in patrol and, worked, you know, yeah, ended worked, up your, there. Work, worked your way up. Um, have you ever, like, again, I, I'm sick of hearkening back to what we see in the movies, <laughs> but have you ever found any crooked cops, any dirty cops? Yeah, um, I, I actually, uh, one of my best friends uh, on that task force was from another municipality, mm-hmm. and uh, he called me up one day and told me that, uh, um, one of the, the investigators from one of the sheriff's departments had told a guy I was working that I was undercover, you know? Uh, so I hung up the phone and I immediately went hunting this guy. I was going to, you know, yeah, <laughs> we, we we're going to have him come to Jesus, you know? Yeah. And, uh, the guy I was working with, he, uh, you know, he, he hunted me down. He said, you don't want to do this. Yeah, I do. Actually, I yeah. do. You know? But, uh, you know, the deputy knew, got word that I was, Hunt coming for him, yeah, and uh, he just he fled. They never found him, so he went and moved somewhere. But that's like not only is he messing things up for you, he he's making it dangerous as hell. <laughs> I mean, like, so that's there's you who's been working on a on a job for God knows how long, doing whatever you need to do on it, and then all of a sudden, oh by the, like he's going in and he's saying, oh by the way, that's a cop, and that's just I mean. That could have got you killed, like. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think we need to do a movie. <laughs> well, it, it's like you keep saying. That's everybody's frame of reference, and you know, perception is reality. Yeah. And that's you know, that's how everybody thinks. Um, some of the the movies out there that are are a little closer to the truth. Uh, Serpico was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was real close to the truth. I mean, they. You know, obviously they they Hollywooded up some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of course. Um, for the most part, they they did a really good job with that. Wow, that's that is that is pretty awesome. So, if you had if you had any words of advice to some young guy or young girl that's thinking about joining the force and thinking they're going to make a difference, and and a lot of them do. I mean, how much of a difference have you made in your in your career working in in different police stations and police police forces? What advice would you give to them, to, to the young guy that's thinking about joining the force now, either a sheriff's department or a police department or a highway patrol? Or what what advice would you give to them? Well, it's it's a tough job nowadays. You mm. know, a, back when I was doing it, um, we had the vast majority of public support. Uh, I still think that law enforcement has that, but the vocal minority is kind of override them. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're going to be scrutinized a little bit more and all that. But if uh, nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody. I, I'd have been content to do it. But um, most most people, when they get into law enforcement, that's they're looking at a career path, yeah. you know. Um, 20 years in uniform, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd have, you know, I'd have been perfectly content with that. But... You want to learn more, and to learn more, you need to go into investigations. So, okay. um, you know, if, if you're going to get into law enforcement, um, start hitting college, uh, pick up new skills, uh-huh. and, you know, move up that way. 
uh, working vice narcotics, it's uh, it's just brutal because if if you're working street level stuff, all you're doing is moving everybody up one one rung on the food chain. Yeah. You know, every time you arrest somebody, yeah. Um, you never you're never really going to stop it. Um, so not to be cliche, but if you get rid of one scumbag, there's another one. Just there's ready to- there's a hundred of them waiting to take that position. You know, yeah. um, it, it isn't it isn't the failing of law enforcement. It's it's supply and demand. Yeah. And I have no idea how you stop the demand here in this country. Yeah. You know, everybody's. I, I I think it's every country. Like I mean, from I've lived in Ar- I lived in Ireland for thirty seven years of my life and. You know, you see the cops over there, they're burnt out. I mean, every time they make an arrest, there's somebody ready to just do the same thing again. And every time they stop somebody from doing something. And like, I mean, when I was in Ireland, you know, you get stopped for speeding or you get stopped. Like, we don't have, we're not as sticky with running the, the stop signs and stuff like that. I mean, a rolling stop, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but mobile phone use and all that kind of stuff. And Anytime you get stopped doing anything, I got stopped once for being on my phone. I got stopped once for speeding, and that was all back in Ireland. And you know, you kind of the light, the blue lights come on behind you. And go, oh shit! <laughs> what does this asshole want now? <laughs> and then he gets up to you and like, oh, you know, what did I do? And you know exactly what you did. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, and you're in your brain, you're like, oh, why aren't you off arresting real criminals? But you're one thing. I was told. I was told by a cop years ago. I think it was, I was only maybe ten or eleven. Is just be polite. Just be nice to him. He's doing his job. She's doing her job. How are you doing, officer? You know, what was I doing? Um, I'm very sorry about that. It won't happen again. And I was told, like, chances are you might get away with it. Yeah. You know, if you're not going, if you're if you're not running your mouth off and, you know, you see all these videos on YouTube and you see all these videos on TikTok and people coming up and the cop is there and they're not winding down the window and, I mean, they need to realize that the cop isn't there to hurt them. He's not there to. He's just doing his job. It's like it's like if you do if you if you mess something up in a factory you're working at, your manager has to come and scold you or give out to you or yeah. give you a warning or give. He's just doing his job, um, but like, I just yeah I just I I yeah I I don't I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people join law, law enforcement and have to deal with idiots, <laughs> so many idiots. But um, do you want do you want to talk about do you want to dabble on some of the the Air Force stuff you did or some of the some of the the um, Army Reserve stuff you did or do you want to just leave it with the the Police Department stuff or what do you want to do? I think we're good with that. We'll leave it with that, right? So yeah. maybe maybe the next time we come down, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about the other stuff. So yeah, so that's that's been absolutely fantastic. And if you could if you could do it again, would you do it again? You know, it's like anything else. When you're not doing it anymore, you miss it. Yeah. But you miss the cool stuff you remember. You know, it's yeah. like I, I miss, um, you know, the the adrenaline rush uh, of making a big buy or something yeah. like that. But then you start thinking, to make that buy, I had to live in public housing and fight roaches off for my sandwich for three <laughs> months, you know? And it, it, you, you kind of gloss over that stuff. And yeah. Just just remember the cool stuff. But uh, um, yeah, you know, if, uh, it's it's like anything. It's like I said, you're not going to win the war on drugs. You're not going to stop it. Yeah. But if you can if you can just prevent one kid 
from getting hurt from it or something like that, yeah, you done you done good. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so. that's it. like if you've saved if you've saved just one life, that's 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 a big deal. Like. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take the the small victories because you're never gonna get a huge one. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, if you get a huge bust or if you arrest a, a shit ton of people for doing something stupid or you know, I mean, that's, yeah, you've made a huge difference. But, yeah, I think if you stop one kid from ending up on the street or something or you stop one domestic abuse victim being, you know, yeah, you stop something like that. I mean, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a fantastic. It, it is fantastic. But, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm, like, some of the stories you said tonight, I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, no, that's 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 pretty cool. No, that's that's pretty awesome. You have you have lived you've lived a an interesting life, definitely. The whole undercover thing just still blows my mind. <laughs> Seeing you with long hair, I got to see a picture of that. That's got to be funny. But um, but yeah, that's crazy. Well, John, thanks very much for coming in, and thanks for coming in and having a chat with us. And it was a lot of fun. We yeah, do it again. We definitely will do it again. All right, so all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening to our podcast and for coming on. And don't forget to like and subscribe and all that fun stuff and share it to people and email it. And You know, you could put it onto a tape and send it to people and say, listen to this, you might find something interesting in it. Um, as I say, we, uh, we put a new podcast out every Wednesday. So from now until then, and for me and John, we have our minds set on you. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. That's it.